thank you, Holy Spirit. We just welcome you to move right now in our hearts, Father God. Father, we want to know you like we've never known before. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here this morning, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Just keep ministering to the Lord right now, church. Just keep ministering to him. Pull on his spirit this morning. Thank you, Father, that you are here, Father. You are here to reveal yourself this morning, Lord. It's not about us begging, Father God. Father, but you give freely because you're a good, good Father. I just hear God saying this morning, church, what will you ask for? He said, you've been asking too low. Aim higher, church, aim higher. It says in Psalms, ask and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Father God, we're asking for our marriages today. We're asking for our kids. Father, we ask for this town, Lord God. We just know that you want to break out, Father God. Thank you, Father God. We're asking, Father, for more of you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, that you move through this church. Thank you, Father. We lift our eyes to you this morning, Father God. We just say it's just the beginning of what you're doing, Lord God. Thank you, Father. We ask for more, Lord God. We ask for more of you, Father. Isaiah 9, 3 to 4 says, You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Who's ready for a harvest? Father God, we just thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. It's not us that makes the harvest come, Father, but it's you, Lord God. And we just call it in in Jesus' name. Father God, the things that we've been standing for and been believing for, Father God, we just give it to you right now, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for joy, Father. Joy, unspeakable joy. Thank you, Father. Joy in the house this morning, Lord God. Those areas where there's been stress and burdens, Father God, we know the burdens are not of you, Father God. Give it over to him this morning, church. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Give it to him. Father God, we just thank you for such release this morning, Father. A release of freedom release of freedom in the hearts of your people. We break chains right now in Jesus' name. Lift your eyes to him. Lift your heart to him this morning. He's here, church. He wants to set you free this morning. Bondages are not of God. Thank you, Father God. Freedom, Lord. Freedom. Isaiah 9, 4, reading on from that says, For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. Thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light, Father. Thank you, Lord. Give it over to him this morning, church. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I just uh, know that there's someone here this morning who's who's saying, I want more, but it's like this, there's this line that's almost like a barrier. And and I believe the Lord's saying it's time to step over the line. You know, and it's as you do what you're going to experience is something more of God that you've never had before. And there's a stepping over into it that's required now. He's saying if you if if you want it, you're not going to be able to have it until you get over the line. And that line is like a barrier. It's been there. You've known about it and you've, you've bounced into that barrier before and you've sort of stu- stood back. The Lord's saying today, step over that line. And as you do, you're going to come into something that you've never experienced before in your Christian life or in your natural life. And it's supernatural and it's of God and you can't, you can't, 
You can't produce it. I can't produce it. But God's got it for you. And He wants you to walk in it. It's another level. Don't stay where you are, is what the Lord's saying. Make sure you step over that line today. It might be through the message. It might be through the ministry of the, the, at the altar call later on. But please step over that line. I feel God's crying to you. Don't stay where you are. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's a good God. We just thank you, Father. There's always more. There's always more. You're never finished, Lord. You're never finished. Thank you, Lord. We press in for the more, Father. Jesus' mighty name. We just praise you and give you thanks. You're such a good God. You're a good Father. Jesus' mighty name. Let's just give the Lord a shout and a clap. He's so worthy. We praise you, Father. You're so worthy. There was only one found worthy and it was you, Lord Jesus. It's so complete, that finished work on the cross, that redemption that you give your people. Father, we thank you that there's nothing lacking in that, Father. Your people lack for no good thing, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Ask him, church. Ask high. Don't aim low. This is just the beginning. He says, I want to do above and beyond what you can even think or ask or imagine. That's what he wants to do. And he does it according to the power at work in us. The power is not of us, but it's in us. He does it through us, church. He's raising up an army. Get in the battle, church. It's already won. It's a setup. He's already won it. We just take part. We implement his victory. Thank you, Father. You're an army. You're an army that's been armed with God's weapons. God's weapons are mighty in you for the pulling down of strongholds. We just give ourselves over to you, Father. We submit our will to your will, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. You are mighty. You are kind. He's so kind, church. He's kinder than what we think. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, team. Let's just give the Lord one more clap. Praise your mighty Father. You're so good, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, he's so good. Thank you, Father God. Well, I'm going to be talking this morning, church, just about drawing on him. You know, drawing on him for everything we need, you know, his life in us, the fact that he's done everything, he's given us his spirit, he's given us grace to possess the land, to advance the promises, you know, to walk in everything that he's paid for. And, you know, whatever the need is, whatever the way we look at it, we need to be drawing from his ability in us. Amen. You know, versus being self-sufficient or relying on self. And, you know, I've been reading um, the story where Jesus fed the 5,000. And if we think about the disciples and, you know, they seen the need. They seen there was a big multitude of people. But who knows, it's one thing to see the need and it's another thing to see the need and know what God wants to do about it. That's what he wants us to do. So the disciples, they looked out and they said, wow, there's a great multitude here and, you know, they're all hungry. But then they start speaking doubt and they say, oh, you know, this place is deserted. And they say, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and it's late. They're like, what can we do? And then they say, we've only got just, you know, a few fish and loaves. They're just looking in the natural. And then Jesus says, give me what you've got and watch what I'll do with it. 
Amen. It's all about what he can do. Don't underestimate what is on your life, church. He's given every single one of us a gift and it's a gift that's going to impact those around us. Amen. But we've got to draw on him for it. You know, I know often from the pulpit, Pastor Pete talks about how we're spirit beings. We live in a body, we have a soul, but we are spirit beings. And because we're spirit beings, we've got to draw on that supernatural, draw on everything that is given in the spirit. John 1, 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Again, his life in us. And, you know, it's like if I said to you, I'm going to give you a bucket, and I want you to draw some water from, you know, a natural spring. That Who's been to Zebedee Springs? Beautiful, bubbles up all year round, it never runs dry. It's like if I said to you, I want you to draw water from the, that spring, or I want you to draw water from a little backyard blow-up paddle pool. That's like his ability versus our ability. You know, one runs out. His ability, his grace, his gifts, everything that he's given us, that never runs out. And so my message really this morning is on that church, just about being able to draw from him and walk in the spirit and all that he's given us. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for the ministry of the word this morning, Father God. We just thank you that your word is sharp and active, Father, and as it goes out, Lord, it brings change, Father. We just see faith springing up and rising up in hearts this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Father. We open our hearts to hear from you, Lord, to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, when I first, I was, I was brought up a Christian, but I walked away from God for some time and, and then I came back to God and, you know, when I, I really started to give myself over to the study of the word and one thing, the first thing actually that God started speaking to me about was identity and he starts showing me, you know, who I am in him and, you know, verses like Ephesians 4.23 that says, I was created in true righteousness and holiness or Romans 7, it says, I delight in the law of God in the inward man. That was like, what? Is this who I am in Christ? And it was just so amazing to me that, you know, he's done all that. I actually didn't have anything to do with that apart from saying, yes, Lord. And then he gives you a new nature. Amen. So, you know, there's this revelation on identity and I began walking out who I am in Christ and, wow, just so enjoying that. But then he starts to talk to me about grace. And, you know, grace is something that I really took an interest to because I thought... You know, growing up, I was never really good at much at school, to be honest, like average at grades, never really. I was always in like fifth division in the races and coming, you know, second last. If there was only four kids in the race, sometimes I got a fourth ribbon, even though I was last, but I was like, eh, <laughs> you know. But who knows, it's not what we do for God, but it's what he's done for us. Amen. And that's where the value is. So, And I thought, okay, grace. Hmm, Okay, so this is, you know, more than just we're saved by grace, you know, with our sins are forgiven. Grace is something that we can actually continue to draw on every day of our Christian life. And so, you know, I just really took an interest in that because I thought, okay, the only way I'm ever going to be able to do anything great for you, Father, is through grace. (laughs) Amen. Let's open our Bibles uh, to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I remember um, I went to a conference a few years back and evangelist Todd White came to Perth, amazing conference, and a part of the conference was they got everyone to, um, you know, you pair up with someone you don't know and you, you kind of step into the prophetic and you give a prophetic word to someone. 
And I remember um, uh, I paired up with a girl and her, her word to me was, she goes, I just see you with like flowers in your arm and it's like there's just going to be grace wherever you go. Like God's just giving you grace. And, you know, she was throwing out the flowers and I thought, that sounds really good, but I've got no idea what that means. <laughs> you know, what does that actually mean practically to walk in God's grace? So 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10. And this is Paul speaking and he says, For I am the least of the apostles who I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So, you know, he's saying, look, I've got a past. I've done all this. I've persecuted the church. There is things in my past that makes me not worthy. But let's then read on. We can't stop there. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, so that's us, forgiven, set free, now receiving his mercy By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I laboured more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. You know, so that's talking about more than just our sins are forgiven. He's saying there is something on the inside of me that labours to a fruitful end, and it's his grace. And, you know, we can have his grace to walk in the gifts, to reach those around us, you know, to receive healing. It's not about trying to work for it. It's done by grace. We reach out by faith to receive it. You know, having rest in our hearts and minds because our faith is in him and his grace and what he's done, not ourselves. You know, I like to think of walking in grace and, you know, his favour and his ability. It's kind of like who's ever um, done wakeboarding? Who's ever been wakeboarding? It's, it's pretty easy. So, you know, when you're first holding on to the rope and you've got the board there and, you, and the boat's sort of taking off and you're like, and all the water's kind of coming in and you're like, surely this has got to get better because I'm trying to hold on, I'm trying to hold on. And then you stand up and you just think, oh, man, there's no comparison to holding on to this part for actually standing up on the board. It's easy. That's what walking in the grace of God's like, church. That's what's available to us. So, you know, I said that I walked away from God for a long time and I remember actually coming into this church, sitting in the back and the first thing that I kind of sensed that God was doing, you know, I hadn't been in church for about 10 years and, you know, I'd done heaps of stuff just as Paul is saying, you know, I wasn't worthy, I didn't deserve it, but who knows it's not about being worthy, amen, because he was worthy. And so I came and sat in the back of the church and, The thing that I just experienced to start with was just his mercy, just the fact that I've done all this stuff, but you know what? He's withholding condemnation. He's withholding punishment, and that's mercy. You know, mercy, it's defined a lot of the time as not giving us what we did deserve, so it's I'm withholding all this stuff from you, and you know, sure, I deserved so much from for what I did, but just sitting in the back of the church, it was that love, that that those open arms of the Father. You know, as a kid, I only really ever knew Christianity is just sort of resisting the devil, and you know, not walking in sin, and and you know, I got to, I got to the age of fifteen, and I thought oh, it's just all about a bunch of rules I've just got to try and not you know let these things come in and you know I just eventually ended up walking away because I thought that's too hard who wants that you know but I never knew that there was a life Christ life in me that I could walk out of and live out of and you know get to know him on that intimate level and his grace and his gifts towards us 
you know, so I started to experience his favour, life in the spirit, which is just, you know, there's no comparison if you've lived one way and then you've had life in the spirit, his life in us. There's just no comparison. (laughs) Amen. Let's go to Romans 8.12. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. You know, that's been paid for. That We don't owe anything to that old man. That's gone. Amen. And then just jump down to verse 14. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You know, if you want to experience true sonship, just what that spirit of adoption feels like, give yourself to life in the Spirit. And the Amplified actually says, those who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God. So he doesn't push this on us. It's actually a choice, you know, allowing his life in us to flow out. And, you know, I love where it says in um, Acts, Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. So it's not just we get to live. It's actually as we move and as we step out, we can expect him to be right there, which is an amazing thing. And, Again, it's not about us earning it or us deserving it. And I was thinking about this and remember at a time about five years ago and I was I actually can't even remember exactly what God did and that just goes to show where my focus was. And, you know, he revealed something to me, but I remember getting home and, and I was just marvelling at the fact that God had moved through me and, you know, he'd really touched someone and I think I was out at the shops or something, I prayed for someone and I got home and I remember exactly where I was standing in my house and I was like, wow, God, can't believe you just did that through me and, and you know, that sounds fine but God knew my heart and it was like God was saying to me, don't marvel that I've moved through you because you didn't earn it. And, you know, then I thought of Acts 3.12 and where Peter and John raised up the lame man at the gate beautiful and it says so when Peter saw it he responded to the people men of Israel why do you marvel at this or why do you look so intently at us as though our own power or godliness had made this man walk and so God kind of revealed a heart to me then and said you know Don't put the focus on yourself. And you see, when we're trying to step out and, you know, if we want to pray for someone or if we're believing for something, you know, the enemy will always try and put the focus back on us. And if we've done enough, you know, if our faith is in ourselves, we're always going to come short. Amen. Grace doesn't work in the high and lofty places or the self-sufficient places. We've got to be dependent on him, not our own power, not our own godliness. Amen. There's such freedom in that. There's such release in that. Can we turn to 2 Corinthians 12.9? Again, it's Paul talking and, you know, it's talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh and so often, you know, we argue theologically about exactly what the thorn was instead of just going to the point that was trying to be made here. And so it says, you know, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will gladly Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, uh, verse 10, therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What an amazing statement. You know, 
And it's like if, you, if you're here in the wet season, which, you know, I think the majority of us are locals, but if you're here in the wet season and we get those big downpours that are so amazing um, in the caravan park, which we're living in at the moment, um, you can see the parts that are lower in the caravan park because you get like rivers run and you just feel sorry for the people in their caravans, all their mats and stuff are rolling away. And you know, But you can really, really see those low parts on, on the road. And, you know, that's what is, it's like when we let God's grace into those low areas. He'll be seen in those areas, the high and lofty places. You know, the rain doesn't really get to them because they're up high. But when we humble ourselves and have that dependence on him, watch out. He wants us to be dependent on him to be able to move forward. And, you know, I know this is probably something that a lot of you guys have heard, but I just really felt God put this on my heart this morning because it's a shift that we can easily make where we stop depending on him. And so the second point I want to make this morning is we obtain by faith what was given in grace. I love that it says that Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to perform that which is promised, that which was promised. Wow, that is just an unwavering faith. And, you know, you can see that, you know, we're talking about God's grace and everything that he's done and how it's so complete and so perfect and how there's such rest when we just believe in that. You know, there's such rest in faith. And so I love how Abraham said that he was able to perform that which was promised. Last week, we had a parent info night at the high school. Our eldest daughter is starting high school next year. And, you know, it was a lovely evening. And um, they have people kind of showing you in and which way to go because you're up in the the big building, never been there before. And, you know, there was a few people greeting and um, kind of knew one of the ladies there. And she said, oh, how do you feel about your daughter starting high school? And, you know, it was polite and, and I was polite back and she didn't mean anything by it at all. But I walked away and I thought, I don't really want to ask myself how I feel. I'm going to go with what the word says. Amen. It's just about agreeing on the word. The truths are already there. And I thought, you know what? Our kids are born for such a time as this. The word says that they're arrows in the hands of a warrior. You know, it says that God is for us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. See how there's such rest in that? You know, I don't want to go by what I see or what I feel. We can just rest on what he said. Amen. If God is for me, who can be against me? Let's go to Romans 5.15. It says, But the free gift is not like the offence. For if by one man's offence many died, talking about Adam's sin and spiritual death to all mankind after that, for if one man's offence many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of God of the man Jesus Christ abounded to many. You know, the blessing is so much greater than the curse. The hand of God on your life is so much greater than anything will try and come against you. The favour of God, the grace of God in your life is so much greater than where you think you're lacking or you can't uh, meet up. And that is exactly what his grace is for, to grab hold of and, and walk in it. And, you know, and then that's what we have faith in. And when we talk about having faith in something, it's so much more than just having a head knowledge, you know. Like, I can believe that this chair's right there. Yeah, sure, I can see it. And yet, but I'm actually going to go and sit on it and allow me to hold, hold me up. 
See how there's a difference? And that's the kind of faith that gets us through. It's more than just a mere acknowledgement of a fact or an event. Amen? It's to place confidence in. It's to be fully persuaded of. Hallelujah. And when we go through the Gospels, we look at how people receive from God. You know, we're talking about faith in grace, having faith in what he's done. And, you know, so many times people came to Jesus for healing or to have a need met. And Jesus said the same thing, but he just sort of said it a different way. You know, the centurion and his servant, this was Jesus' response to the centurion. He says, Jesus says to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. As you have believed. This is what I'm talking about with this chair. As you have believed. What are you believing over your situation? Are you believing that God's done it or are you putting your faith in yourself? The enemy would have us put our faith in ourselves and our efforts and what we've done but that's not going to get us far. (laughs) And, you know, the two blind men, same thing. It says, then he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Same thing, just said a different way. And, you know, the last one is the woman with the issue of blood. He said to her, Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And, you know, we know that in that story, the woman with the issue of blood, there's people pushing around Jesus. There's people everywhere. But the one woman that reached out in faith, she was the one that got healed. Amen. So the last point that I'm going to make is, you know, I kind of touched on it a little bit then, but it's a really important one. What are we living by? Are we living by our performance or are we living by faith in his grace and what he's done it's it's key it's like that wake border you can either stay like this holding on or you can get up and just trust and have that rest let's turn to galatians chapter 3 i'm going to read from the new king james james but actually then i'm going to read from the message and i don't read the message bible a lot but i just thought oh this is really good so galatians 3 2 in the new king james says this i want to learn from you did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing of faith you know i want to ask you this morning church what requirements are you trying to place on yourself or what requirements are you allowing the enemy to place on you before you can receive from him something to think about you know the gospel is about what jesus did not what about not not about what we did amen so galatians 3 2 to 6 i'm going to read this in the message so it says let me put this question to you how did your new life begin was it by working your heads off to please god so funny i love that Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue in this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. So I'll just stop there. You know, we come into the kingdom all the same way, but it's like, you know, we receive salvation and forgiveness. But then sometimes as time goes on, we start to put all these requirements on ourselves, all the enemy does. And I tell you, it just kills your faith. You know, because you're thinking, oh, did I meet up? Do I measure up? Church, there was one that did measure up. He did it. He did it for us. We get to walk in his victory. Amen? And if we read on, it says, (laughs) 
I love it. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin, how do you suppose that you could perfect it? We all know we can't. (laughs) Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. Verses 5 to 6 says, Answer this question. Does God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, by working things in your lives that you could never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you place trust in him, sorry, because you trust him to do them in you? Hmm, so good. So it's really saying like, where is the emphasis here? We get to walk in the victory of Jesus. There's such freedom in that. There's such a lightness in that. You know, if you're feeling heavy in your faith, if you're feeling like, oh, it's just hard and, you know, I don't know if I can push through, just rest in what he's done. He's already done it. We don't have to do it. And I know it sounds like I'm repeating myself, but I just really felt God show me there's people here that are just weary in this. God wants to release you of that this morning. And we talk about life in the spirit and I was saying how when I came back to God and I experienced his mercy and he withheld condemnation and and punishment and then I started to see his grace working in my life, you know, the gifts of the spirit to reach people around us and just his favour, his unmerited favour, you know, we can all believe in that and rest in that knowing wherever we go we do have his favour and so this is kind of what I started to experience in my life and as Paul said, it's not something that we earn. We didn't get good enough. He said, I didn't deserve it. I persecuted the church of God. And look what God did through him. Wow. And I just want to give a little example here, and I felt to really put this in, just about walking with the Holy Spirit. Who knows that he's the greatest helper? Amen. He's the greatest helper, and he's living on the inside of us. Um, John 14, 12 to 16, if you guys want to turn there. John 14, 12 to 16. And it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. What's the qualifier there? He who is good enough? He who has great moral values. And that I'm not, not undermining that because holiness is really important. If we're not walking in holiness, what we do is we open up a big wide door to the enemy. And I love that saying that says he'll pop, eat your lunch and pop the bag too. That's what he'll do. So, you know, I'm not undermining that. But what I'm saying is our response to God has got to be on what he's done, not what we do. And verse 13, it says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And verse 16, this is where I'm going to stop here for a minute and just talk about this. And I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. You know, I was thinking about this, the fact that we've got the greatest helper living on the inside of us. <laughs> and I think I was talking to Jen about it a few weeks ago. I'm just meditating literally on that one verse. I'll pray to the Father. He'll give you a helper that he may abide with you forever. And I was thinking about that word helper. Okay, helper. You know, uh, <laughs> and the confession here, church. So when I cook, my kids love to help me, but I dread it because they just get in the way. They get everything everywhere. It takes me 10 times as long. So, And especially Aria should be like, are you cooking, mum? And I'm like, no, nah, just go into the cupboard. Hey, let me set you up a game over here. 
you know, sometimes I do let her help me, but (laughs) I was just using that as an example of really when they help me cooking, it's not really much help at all. (laughs) But that's like the opposite to the helper that we have living on the inside of us. His help is so complete. You know, there's nothing that we lack when we um, walk with him. And it's just so good. I was, and a little example of this, and I'll, I just want to share this. I feel it's important as well. You know, just an example of this is the other day I was going for a walk in the caravan park. I'm just kind of communing with God and just, just as you do, just talking with him, you know, in your heart. And I feel him put a particular couple on my heart. You know, they come up every year. I actually found out they're Christians. So, you know, kind of got to know them a little bit. Anyway, I feel him, feel God put this couple on my heart. And so I thought, oh, I'll just walk past. And anyway, they're out the front. And so, you know, as I'm talking to, to the gentleman and, you know, he's just sort of sharing his story and I'm asked, just getting to know him a little bit more. And, you know, as he's talking, I just keep getting blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers. And I'm like what's the last part of that verse? Holy Spirit, if you want me to give him that word, I need the last part. You know, you can kind of have a conversation with the Holy Spirit as you're having conversation with someone else. And okay, I've been walking, you put them on my heart and now they're here. So God, you must want to do something. But don't you just love how he's there every step of the way? Sometimes I think when we want to go step out and, you know, pray for someone or if we're believing for something in the workplace or whatever it is, we kind of think that Holy Spirit's standing back here with a clipboard no, you got that one wrong. You know, he's not like that. He's there every single step of the way. So, you know, puts this person on my heart. I'm now speaking with him. I'm like, you want to do something here, God, don't you? Okay, what is it? Blessed are the peacemakers. But what is the next part of that verse? All of meanwhile, while I'm conversing with the gentleman and he goes, hey, I just want to show you this book. And I'm like, okay, sure. And so he pulls out this book and I'm having a bit of a flick through it. And I just randomly open to a page and guess what's on the page blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God and you know that's just a little example of how he helps us every single step of the way we have the greatest helper living on the inside of us this is life in the spirit guys and I didn't earn that little interaction it wasn't because I was good enough or because I prayed enough that week or you know any of that and I'm not diminishing that but what I'm saying is we can't base our relationship on our performance hallelujah and just that familiar voice that constant communion with him that we can expect that we can walk in amen (laughs) all right let's get the band up I better quit while I'm ahead praise you Lord thank you Jesus thank you father a scripture that I've got stuck up next to my bed my daughter came to me. You, can, you guys can stand as well. Start, shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> My daughter came to me a few a few months back actually and said, can I do a picture for you, mum? I was like, yeah, sure. And she goes, what do you want me to draw you? And so I gave her this scripture and, you know, this is what's next to my bed and it's Acts 4.33 and it says, With great power they gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. I just speak that over you now, church. Great grace is upon you all for His working, for His glory, for His power. You didn't earn it. It's not about trying to deserve it. Get rid of those lies of the enemy that say you'll never meet up. I'll say it again. There was one that did measure up and His name is Jesus. 
open your hearts up to him this morning, church. Thank you, Father. Great grace is upon this church. This is a church that is advancing. I just feel God say, come, come. He's saying this. He's over here. He's saying, come on, church. You're not going to stay the same. We're going forward. We're going forward in this town. Ask for the nations as your inheritance. Father, because you did it. Great grace upon your church, Father. We just thank you for that. And I just have one more scripture to let, to read because it's something that's really important. And it's in John 4 and it's when the woman in the well met with Jesus. And verse 10 says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. And jump down to verse 13. It says, Jesus answered her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. And I just feel like there's some people here that have been drinking the wrong water. They've been drinking the water of self-sufficiency. You've almost just blocked him out. We've got the greatest helper living on the inside of us. Verse 14 says, But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst. He's saying, come and drink of the water that I give this morning, church, because you'll never thirst. You'll never get tired because you didn't earn it. It's not about trying to deserve it. You're taking from the gospel if you're trying to deserve it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. If that's you this morning and you just feel like, you know, maybe I've been caught up in drinking the wrong water, drawing from the wrong well, I just want you to lift your heart to God this morning. Lift your heart to Him this morning. He's going to take that of you, off you. He's going to release you from that burden. And He's going to show you new measures of His grace, new measures of His Spirit, because this is a church that's going forward. Amen. Father, we just speak to every burden right now, Father, where people have taken it on themselves, Lord God. We just thank you that you say your burden is light, your yoke is easy. And Father, the water that you give will never run dry. Father, we just repent. We turn of that. We turn of that self-sufficiency, Lord God. We don't want to be self-sufficient, Father. We want to be sufficient in you. Jesus' mighty name. And you know, if you're here this morning and you can say, I don't even know what it's like to have a Saviour on my behalf that would want to do that. Not only does He want to take away my sins and forgive me, but He works in me and through me. He says He'll never leave me. If never forsake me. If you don't know what that's like to have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on your side, this morning is is the day of salvation, church. The the band is going to play this last song. And after the last song, I want you to come forward. Pastors can lay hands on you, breaking those burdens off, knowing new measures of grace. And if you want to come into that relationship with the Lord Jesus, Today is a really good day to do it, guys. He's such a good God. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He'll give you a purpose. He'll give you a hope. (laughs) He'll change the world through you, church. It's Him. He did it. He did it. Hallelujah. Praise God.